0: Uh it's Back. greasy conversation. It's that time again.
1: Alive. Still.
0: Still alive. In spite of everything. Right. We're doing it. Sorry we don't have Roy. I'd like to announce right at the beginning, on top of the chipper music, that like I just like had like an emotional breakdown instead of doing my show and like missed Roy and uh, now Roy can't do it right away because I had to reschedule it, and it was just really inconvenient. And uh, now I'm back, and now uh, I tricked you into coming here to not have Roy, but he'll be back, it's all good.
1: Yeah, we have uh, Ghost Roy here. I
0: almost didn't want to make it like season one yet, like I didn't want to start season one this way, whatever that means, but like an honest emotional connection is probably like a great, Uh, thing to bind otherwise like uh, silliness that we bring generally and learning like educational and silly is our pocket so if you're digging into the show fresh and this is how you're starting it which is the whole reason why I have different seasons is so that people don't go to the first episode god forbid that they like have a (laughs) because as things keep changing and there's new eras it's like oh this is the start of a new era So welcome to the start of a new era that I almost didn't want to start yet. It might not even. It might be like season 1.2 on the next episode. I mean, season 6, episode 1.2. We might just decrement the first few episodes. Because who knows? Shit's crazy. No one's at fault. Like, I just have spells. I'm bipolar. So, like, I don't want anyone to be mad at anyone in my circles. Like, they caused me to be, like, upset or anything. Thanks for, like looking out for me that way but it's all good everything's for the best everything's getting better it's also been a bummer that like i've got really cool electronics work that's all under an nda so i haven't been able to share any of it on instagram or anything and it's just that's dominating my life too so
1: (laughs) plus it's like it's the time for emotional breakdowns man like if you haven't had one over the last six months like yeah like catch
0: up you you're you're like you're a couple behind if you haven't I,
1: I like, force myself to have one just so I don't get caught by surprise, you know?
0: That's the move. If we're going to life lesson right now, like, that's a great starting point. Put that in your education pocket for this episode. Have little breakdowns. Have little moments where, like, you just grab yourself a little cry. Otherwise, you pence it it up, you pence it up, you mic pence it up, and then (laughs) you'll, you'll totally have, like, a big one, and it'll be badly timed.
1: Yeah, that's true. At least have one at the in the comfort of your own home, you know. Yeah,
0: it's a schedule so that. that. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, and this s- would be a super nice easy time. To schedule. Yeah, totally. Like oh, uh, I've got a little pocket uh, in this day for this like four-hour period. I'm going to, um, like stare into the void. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, I can't not come with like season premiere level deep dives right now. The amount of crazy stuff we have to tell you guys in science and human achievement that we're at the cusp of is historic. There's things that have happened in the last couple of weeks in science and in like the the level of what we know about the universe and particles and stuff that are epically going to change things. Specifically that we now know a way to make a room temperature superconductor. I can't explain how huge that is. Uh, With superconductors, you can levitate objects, you can uh, transmit electricity faster than the speed of light. It's like as big a deal as, uh, it it might be as big a deal as semiconductors were to making us now cyborgs, turning us into an entire different kind of entity that like thinks as like a cloud and can have... Most of the knowledge of our whole species in our pocket, as individuals, it's it could lead to things that epic, and that happened to like this week, like last couple of weeks. Chia,
1: should we start off? I just this shit is hilarious to me.
0: Yeah, we can start out with some funny stuff though.
1: This uh, oh, this dude who is this mukbang on uh, YouTube, he's like a food reviewer.
0: His name mukbang because that's like the type of the name for that category of thing.
1: Oh, is it Tasty Hoon? That's who it is. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tasty Hoon, uh, yeah.
0: Tasty Hoon is a mukbanger.
1: They yeah, um, somewhere muk. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, someone who mukbangs. That's a genre of entertainment where you eat in front of people on camera.
1: Gotcha. See, I've never investigated that because I'm not interested in people eating at all.
0: There's two subgenres of it. or two lanes, really. Um, you, you can kind of break into three. I'm not interested at all. Uh, people's eating sounds extremely irritate me, yeah. like gross me out and stuff. Um, but there's women that do it and, and men that love the, like, um, like eating with this pretty woman. And also it's impolite to, like, show your mouth eating as a woman in a lot of Asian countries. Mm-hmm. So to see a woman just, like, eat uh, unrestricted is tantalizing. Uh, but um, then also, there's dudes that just do it, and it's just what can they eat? Wow, that's crazy that he ate that. Mm. Like uh, LA Beast.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. LA Beast cracks me up, man. <laughs> I went on a dive of his, uh, like his, his uh, hot food challenges are fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's been a minute. So I can't believe I remembered his name, but that kind of thing. Uh, that's kind of like the two lanes. And then there's uh, some women that just like will watch either one. Just for that, like, hangout vibe. Yeah. Just hanging out and having a meal with someone.
1: So this dude, he decides to try to do some cheese fondue. Cheese fondue? But he puts it in a, a chocolate fountain. <laughs> and it just...
0: <laughs> yeah, let me pull this up for you guys. Yeah, this what video happens is, is crazy.
1: Yeah, you can just tell right away that it's not going to go well. Because well, he melted the cheese, but it looks like it sat too long.
0: Well, the thing is, I don't think it like retains the temperature the same yeah, way. Yeah, it
1: cools down too fast. You can tell and and watch how like elastic it is. Oh, sorry, guys. Hold right off the go. bat.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, it's fucking Wait. great.
0: You have to see again how this escalates because uh, you just saw a chunk right there when it's spinning around and whipping around.
1: Yeah, that's it's... just the beginning too.
0: Oh, that's right. It didn't show how this. Okay, so <laughs> there's a spinning lifty thing yeah, inside it's the center. Yeah, it's actually it's
1: a chocolate fountain.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I forgot to mention that. It's a chocolate fountain, and to bring the melted chocolate up is a corkscrew thing in the middle, and as it lifts the melted cheese, uh, the cheese doesn't stay melted, and it starts lifting the center part. Then the cheese starts stretching out and whipping around violently. And as it whips around, it, like, smacks him, and he's really freaked out, and, uh,
1: It just keeps going. It just just
0: keeps going and lifting and whipping and throwing more around.
1: That's like full on Lariat action. That's like.
0: Yeah. He holds onto it and lets it keep throwing the cheese. Eventually, all of the cheese is thrown out of the machine and he starts to cry. (laughs) Dude, he survived a crisis. Look at that, dude. Holy shit. So great. It makes me wonder if he had done it before to like prepare for this
1: he can't have
0: <laughs> all the things he has prepared to dip in the cheese are such a nice added touch too
1: yeah he has all yep. these
0: objects like fried things ready to dip the scene is prepared
1: yep got some kfc drumsticks looks like some super long mozzarella sticks or some <laughs> shit i don't know yeah just i don't know his his face just kills me during this yeah he couldn't have he couldn't have like rehearsed that or else it wouldn't have
0: oh no. he's sadly dropping a dollop of the cheese onto the wing and
1: I didn't watch that for he just he just gives up like you should have just kept it a regular fondue thing or would have kept the cheese melted what's this dude doing there's got to be a cheese that's right for this yeah this totally
0: is, you can't uh judge a first attempt at something like that
1: i like what else can you put in the chocolate fountain like ground beef
0: <laughs> whoa dude sloppy joe
1: sloppy joe fountain <laughs> and yeah tread new ground here that's what really needs to be done instead of this uh cheese fountain i mean cheese fountains would be pretty great but
0: cheese fountain,
1: chocolate and cheese fountains
0: yes i found the noise there was a noise i'm sorry about it but i found it that's that's a rewarding feeling i feel like i'm Front loading the winning. I had this game too high and we're getting a little bit of crackle, so sorry about that. But I fixed it. Oh, also our high treble was notched down for some reason. Oh yeah, now I can hear my breath. Okay. <laughs> this is a, a just an achievement. This is that new season thing you get to see. Yeah. Oh I'm in the I'm in the dark right here. Okay. So anyway, carry on.
1: Uh election resolved recently, thank God. That's oh, over. Yeah. But Of note, the biggest winner in this election was actually drugs. Yeah, I was going to say across the the country.
0: The war on drugs uh, is about to, it's like working on a peace treaty right now.
1: What? The war on drugs is getting its ass beat? So it was in uh, Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, Mississippi, and South Dakota all voted to legalize marijuana. And Oregon voted to decriminalize drugs like cocaine, meth, and uh, psychedelic mushrooms.
0: Like the ones people are going to do anyway that we want to regulate their cleanliness and make yeah. tax money on them. And and like we can uh, – if the source of the drugs is adjacent to treatment for the people that feel trapped with the drugs, that seems like an obvious part of a solution to me. Like because it's never been a war on drugs. It's always uh, been like the – um, in the war on drugs, the people fighting for drugs, like include people that are like there, there's a mental health treatment thing that's a problem. Oh is yeah, what totally. I'm trying to say, yeah, availability it, it should to like, be
1: it, emotional support and stuff. Yeah, it should be uh, treated as like a medical issue instead of a criminal issue.
0: Yeah, and that's that seemed to be like the thought on things like that ever since I was a little kid, and I never understood why. If that's the science, if that's what like studies are, if that's what's working in other countries, oh, that's right, private prisons. Never mind.
1: Yeah, and, and the DEA. <laughs> yeah, is a government jobs program. Uh, <laughs>
0: the DEA is a government jobs program.
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, well, it's like there's actually a, a recording of um, Lee Atwater, who I I think was AG in uh, Nixon's administration. he basically says that they started the war on drugs so they could go after, like, the Black Panthers and the hippies.
0: Oh, yeah. That's another layer that I almost neglected. Um, It's also a great way to uh, subjugate lower classes. Yeah. Because when you're uh, grueling through uh, a job that uh, is unfulfilling, which is often the case for younger people, too, um, it's totally uh, a way to get through sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like, part of it not dealing with it as a criminal issue, I mean, people will still be held accountable for their actions also, but, like, yeah, there's, like, something deeper there where if you just, like, punish someone for something they did while they're, like, in the throes of addiction, like, yeah. you're not going to fix the problem. You're just no. going to stick them in jail or prison until they get out, and then they're going to do something else.
0: Yeah, and cause cause other problems. And
1: <laughs> Especially with, like, our prison system that has, like, insanely high recidivism rate where it's, like, once you go into prison, you're, like, pretty much doomed to keep going back to prison for the rest of your life Like (laughs) it's extremely difficult to get out of it
0: now i feel like a jerk for forgetting part of the details of the next thing i'm going to bring up but i also know that our drug laws disproportionately like fuck with minorities and um i like had that figured out at one point but now i'm like head spinning about a bunch of stuff but i know that's a thing
1: yeah, that it does happen. I'm not sure on like why that is. I can't remember, I'm not.
0: Yeah, you can holler in the comments because uh I'm totally admitting knowing of this concept and being uh, ignorant of it in this But moment, I think like, like it, it has
1: to do with like just uh like kind of almost like an implicit bias in the justice system. Yeah. The the way laws are written and it's it's like a lot of it's just because like it's a it's a beast that just keeps on moving and and like we aren't cognizant enough of those things to where we can keep bringing them up effectively to, like, deal with them, mm. you know? Where it's, like, I mean, it's really complicated to point that out and be, like, hey, is this an illicit bias in the system that's just, like, part of us that we don't even, like, recognize? Totally. There's a lot of shit like that, too.
0: But looking at it and studying it uh, is, like, how we make progress on that. Just ignoring it is how things have festered, and that's been a bad thing.
1: Like, I also... I, I was reading a, an article about like biases in, in sentencing. Oh, this was a long time ago, but and it was talking about there's even a, a evidence that like some judges before lunch, while they're still hungry, will, hungry will have uh, more severe sentencing than after lunch. Oh
0: man! And to put all that on like one judge, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Why does it even work that way? That like uh, this one person has that level i mean there's a jury and stuff but so much is on that judge and in that situation and yeah like not i mean that's why laws are supposed to be written out really specifically but then the sentencing is all over the place
1: yeah there's like sentencing guidelines but even that and that's like something not i mean you have to be extremely self-aware and honest with yourself to like constantly monitoring your mood and be like oh wait i'm just hungry like that like getting angry while you're hungry is something that we all experience but it's not always super obvious, you know, or you get majorly irritable, shit like that. And you're like, you just kind of roll with it, you know?
0: Yeah. Hangry. Exactly. I definitely experience hangriness.
1: All right. So, drugs won. Hallelujah. Hopefully, they can keep winning. What was that? Uh, or Bill Hicks. If anyone's not familiar with Bill Hicks, man, you got to check out some of his stand-up. Uh, he's a comedian in, like, the 80s. He's passed now, but super... Crazy funny dude, but he's talk about the the war on drugs, and he's like, "Yeah, we're losing the war on drugs." And he's like, "And that implies that the people on drugs are winning."
0: <laughs> so awesome to see Buck and Coba in the chat. Can't do it without yeah. you folks. Uh, hella shout out,
1: double shout out. Buck, what's up, man? Yeah. Also, last thing related to the election, and this is just one of the most hilarious things to me, is that. Uh, the Trump campaign made a reservation for a press conference. And it was, oh. at a, it was at a place called the Four Seasons, right? This is so great. So great. And uh, so like they booked a place called the Four Seasons. Well, it turns out it was the Four Seasons landscaping company. Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Yeah, that's what it was. And it's like in this like kind of warehouse looking district. And I can't, it was like between a warehouse or a, a like sex toy warehouse or something
0: yeah there's that's next door also um the other people could bring up a lot of random stuff that was in this neighborhood that was like oh this is like zoned industrial area yeah
1: that, yeah it's like an industrial area but it just like cracks me up that one of the interns or whatever like booked that place and didn't notice that it wasn't a four seasons hotel
0: no one's admitted that yet though that's true yeah they're playing it off like they plan this as like a celebrate local businesses thing Mm -hmm. but it just really seems like that was a last minute way to deal with the fact that they had no other place booked after that yeah But, but then the other thing is though there's trussing it like it's so funny and seems like such a stupid mistake but when i show you guys some other pictures there's uh, well, you know what? That trust work could have gone the other four seasons too, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know what I mean with trusting, but like studio, not studio, but like stage. Oh no, that's not. Oh no, that's just this like a thing for shipping. Yeah. Oh no. This was a mistake for sure. There's, <laughs> there's no seating. There's no preparation for this. No. Holy cow. I don't know if I'm showing this properly, but it- take a look. This is no this was not planned this way this is hilarious
1: yeah just to be like sums up every like wow if it was called anything other than the four seasons total landscaping <laughs> like it might be believable yeah you know but just I love to, it fucking hilarious man shit like that cracks me up comedy of errors comedy of errors. it would have
0: been cool on purpose though like the celebrate small business kind of thing
1: yeah totally like that's a move but
0: isn't there also irony in that it's landscaping Given the controversy between uh, Trump and the Latin community,
1: yeah, that, that's another layer for sure. Oh, <laughs> um, and classic, just okay. Chill. All right, and then we got some classic classic Keith Moon action.
0: Oh, like classic Keith, Keith Moon hasn't been up to anything in a long time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Apparently, his ghost possessed this woman and she drove her truck into a swimming pool. (laughs) Didn't Keith Moon do that at at like a hotel or something? They're on tour, he like drove a car into the pool.
0: Absolutely. Oh man, that I can't believe that reference got past me a moment (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I you know, I watch Donut Media on YouTube, Mm -hmm. D O N U T, and it's one of my favorite channels. They won uh, best sports. YouTube channel for being a car channel. Uh, but, but, like, you know, motorsports counts just mm. enough, and they're that dope of a car channel. Um, yeah, I saw this on there, had to show you all. This truck is really in the swimming pool. I know some of you are audio formatting this, um, and I'm not going to say you have to go like run and look at this, but you have to hear me out that this truck is all the way in the swimming pool, sideways, too, by the way.
1: Yeah, there's a guy standing on the door and it looks like he's like Jesus right now.
0: Yeah, so he's helping pull this woman out of here.
1: Yeah, that's the thing now, I'm not super familiar with the the Keith Moon incident. Was he, did he just like start the car and let it roll in there? Or did he like drive the car in there? Good question. I'm not sure. Holler in the chat if you know. Someone I know, I'm sure Buck knows.
0: Awesome. Okay, bringing the chat back on the screen. Yeah. Yo, what up, Julian? Relentless Tornado for sure. Forever. Yeah, you guys. Uh, rooftop Ridicule on SoundCloud. Um, Julian was in that band with me and it was dope. Hella glad to see you.
1: Hell yeah. I think like I caught you guys only once or twice back in the day. And I just remember the Too Many Puppies
0: the Too Puppies cover. Yeah, it was, like, yeah.
1: fucking awesome, man.
0: That was that was a particularly good Julian one, too. Yeah? Holy crap, yeah.
1: That was uh, pretty heavy, plus just a great uh, Primus song originally, but you guys did it justice.
0: Word. Thank Last you. Second.
1: All right, where are we going? I
0: think we're at Bob Thornton now already. Already? What? Holy... It's real.
1: Fuck, man. I have no...
3: Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold
2: guide. 800-430-7568. 800-430-7568. 800-430-7568. That's 800-430-7568.
3: Be sure to get your mix of music Listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app Available at the App Store And check out our VIP card Interact with us in our chat room And scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows Plus podcasts It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app
0: And we're back You're listening to Greasy Conversation This is Where you get your dank news Your news you should have found out otherwise But you know, maybe you didn't even need. But if you like, if water coolers were still a thing that you'd hang out around and talk to people with, we'd make it hella cool near those. It's part of the thing that's going on. Anyway, I shouldn't question it. It's what it is. Uh, So,
1: did people really, really hang out near water coolers and just talk? Or is that just like a passing thing?
0: One annoying person would. Yeah. And uh chat up anyone that approached that person.
1: I wonder if they're like pay if that was like a paid position at each company.
0: Nice. <laughs> water yeah, <yes>. cooler chatter.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Undercover.
0: You no, know, people have water bottles now. We've evolved to bottle status.
1: Yeah, it's true. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. All right. There is a uh so this game called Harmony Square. Uh, puts a player in the position of being the chief disinformation officer. So the story goes that uh, in Harmony Square is a history of fairly close but contested elections, and so your job as chief disinformation officer is to influence the election to go a certain way. So Sick. But it turns out that this game, uh, uh, people after playing this game, there have been some studies, and it shows that people are more able to differentiate between uh, actual disinformation and news sources. So a bit better, not like they're uh, perfect disinformation finding machines, but like their ability to identify it has certainly been improved.
0: The idea of a game being a way to like expose people to something that they're subconsciously oblivious of that's Mm -hmm. like affecting them negatively. That's huge. Like uh, that's like something that happened with uh novels like fahrenheit 451 and brave new world and stuff people just thought they're getting like uh, a fun journey and it's haunting inevitable animal farm
1: yeah 19 man
0: 1984 that thing yeah there's your checklist you guys
1: after i read that i was like i was really depressed for like a week like that shit was that book is really fucking dark Man.
0: So yeah, just read a synopsis if you can't handle it though. No pressure to actually yeah, cliff read it. Yeah, the cliff notes on that are plenty. <laughs> That's it, how I feel about Brave New World. It's cuz it's paced a little it's not paced as quickly as like a Michael Crichton book or something. Yeah. But like an overview of it. I feel like
1: 1984 1984 is like all right. It's like the last quarter of the book where it really drops the hammer on you and it's like... Then it gets really upsetting. Then it's upsetting. like, oh, nothing you could ever do. You're fucked yeah. forever. Everyone's fucked forever. Two plus two Suck is five. Yep. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, become chief disinformation officer if you want. It's called Harmony Square. I'm not sure if it uh, costs anything. It says it's a short online game. I haven't investigated that much. so We're going
0: to check it out and report back.
1: Yeah. Maybe gonna... it's something
0: we can stream. We've never done a game stream.
1: Oh, yeah. That would be <laughs> that would be different. For sure. Yeah,
0: we got to play the game. Cheer. Whoa. Do you have something queued up?
1: No, you have something you want to jump into? Sand
0: Mafias.
1: It. Yeah, I saw you through the song. I was super curious about this. Yeah,
0: you guys, there's Sand Mafias. Illegal legal trade of sand. Yeah, so, uh, Sand Mafia. All right, I had to do it one more time. It, it's what it sounds like. There's areas that are protected and we don't want, you know, like they don't want their sands taken. Uh, so like there's not enough. We're running out of sand. Hmm. That's uh, the right sand. So you might think, okay, beaches. Uh, what else is a lot of sand? Deserts. Why can't <laughs> we just get it from there? But the sand... That comes from riverbeds and stuff is where we actually get the kind of sand that we need for concrete. So that's the deal. All the construction that's happened, China paved more in the last uh, couple years than the United States did in 100 years. Damn. And because of that, to fuel that need, uh, while scientists are looking into different artificial things or microplastics or something mm. that will the, where the rocks, the tiny sand nuggets like b- Lego into each other. Right. Mm. Uh, there's places like especially in India where there's just like massive under the table erosion and like a network of organized crime throughout the like legislators and stuff to look the other way and stuff like that.
1: Damn. Yeah. Like, that goes nutty. deep. I mean, if there's like if there's room for a black market or criminal activity, like no matter what it is, it'll it'll like pop up somehow.
0: Totally. Hold so it. that's the the world record holder for the most boring black market.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that, there's got to be there's got to be some other dumbass black markets. Man. Yeah. Like, like uh, illegal salmon fishing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Why do we both think of fish?
1: I was thinking of like worm, like illegal bait. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. illegal bait black market, like really, really uh, prize prize worms. <laughs> you used to go salmon fishing, deep sea bass fishing. Oh man, that yeah, sea bass black market. That's crazy. So like that sand, only for concrete, right? That's for pavement, or is yeah. it d- that?
0: It's not the kind of sand that we worry about for like silicon and like uh, glass. Gotcha. It's more for construction. That's the one that's uh, those mafias about, apparently.
1: Nutty. I just thought, like, will it eventually get so bad? Like, you couldn't, use, it has to be like that type of sand. You couldn't just, like, raid a beach. Yeah. If you just get dump trucks full from the beach, just like Mafia shows up so, at a beach and shoots everyone.
0: So, that's an example of some weird news you would have a hard time getting other places that I want to hype because you got to hype extra with it being like season starting. We've also got, uh, little nuggets of news that's truly dank, like you should have heard of this. You're going to be embarrassed later if this comes up and you're like, oh, I didn't hear about this. And one of those things is the M1 processor. Are you familiar with this is, Greg? Do I get uh, to introduce you to this? Yeah, late on me. So Apple's gone risk. Uh, Apple has now decide, like, officially started rolling out their computers that have a processor in them like a tablet or a phone. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal, these uh the processors in your phones like the iPhone and Android phones alike use this reduced instruction set. That's the deal with RISC like what was all hyped and mission impossible and stuff. But um, that was always really limited in what they could do, but they've been getting so optimized that now you have like things like the iPad Pro which can just like Chomp multi stream 4K video already. So Damn. it's got, but like also using, you've got no heat sink on that iPad Pro, you've got no fan. Yeah, that's true. It's still doing it. So way less power and uh, way less power usage, way better efficiency. So now that's gotten to the point where uh, Intel is over. Apple's not going to buy Intel chips anymore. And they're throwing Apple silicon um, in the form of the first processor they made for desktop time. So right now it's just in the i, the mini, the Mac mini, the Air, in the new Air, fanless, so fanless Air, and then the new MacBook Pro. And get this, the Mac Mac Pro, Mac, the, the big Mac Pro will have a heatsink and a fan still. So it'll be one of the, besides like a weird gaming phone, it's going to be one of the only times where you have that kind of processor with active cooling, which means you can crank, really crank that fella. Like what can it really do? Yeah. So yeah, there's four fast processor or four fast cores and four low power cores. So those four low power cores can do chill, ordinary stuff and have hella battery life. Damn. So yeah, it is such a huge uh, improvement in like the speed of what it can do, especially with things that are optimized for it. That, when it runs this, like, software conversion layer to run x86 stuff, it will still often run them slightly better than the previous generation running natively on x86.
1: Damn.
0: Uh, with, like, a fourth of the power consumption. <laughs> so you've got, like, 10-hour uh, battery life on the Air, like, 14-hour battery life on the Pro, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Maybe a bit backwards.
1: So I wonder if, like, then... Was the previous, were they holding, holding out? Was it like the previous generation chips were they like pur- purposely capped? Or was the technology like not there to
0: The to only that? holding out that happened is that uh, for sure Apple's been working on this chip for a while. But then also they've been testing this chip in f- every generation of iPhone. Hmm. And already uh, the latest iPhones will, even in uh, benchmarks, just chomp uh, anything else in that category, sometimes with less RAM. There's so much optimization with the software for sure, but all that optimization of that architecture. Uh Damn. yeah.
1: That seems crazy to me.
0: It's really crazy. It's the biggest generational leap that computers have seen in a minute. And uh Microsoft is right like really, they haven't announced anything, but it's clear that they will be really ready to support this kind of thing happening in the PC space, too. Because there's already a version of Windows for that kind of architecture. Oh, nice. And there are some tablets that run Windows 10 that run it on that kind of processor. But there's not a lot of software that's ready. If Microsoft could roll out a conversion layer, like uh, Apple just did, then you could end up buying... Something that's like Chromebook price, without having to deal with Chrome OS, you could do x86 stuff on it, but have way better battery life, uh, similar performance. It won't melt your legs, <laughs> and you won't have to pay Intel anymore. Bless their hearts.
1: But yeah. yeah so what? Like, what's gonna happen with Intel if they know. lose? If they lose Apple, that's like a huge. Uh...
0: That's huge, and also they don't have the. Fastest x eighty six stuff anymore. Uh, AMD is kicking their butt for less money. Yeah, between Ryzen and yeah, and then Nvidia's chomping out killer graphics cards while Intel just released their first graphics card, and it's just like a budget option for laptops to do like low end gaming like more affordably with less power.
1: Yeah, there's already like who the big I can't even remember now, but. Yeah, it seems like there's already just monsters in that uh, video graphics card space. That yeah. like, you can't just break into with a no. like half-assed fucking video card.
0: No, Intel, maybe like networking, maybe those, cause Intel's like the less, least exciting thing ever, but like <laughs> Intel network cards are really good. Uh, oh man. <laughs> They've been trying to uh, innovate with storage. And there is a special thing that Intel has called Optane that's really unique. That is memory that you use basically just for caching spinning hard drives.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, But I mean, (laughs) how how long is that going to be worthwhile?
1: Yeah, it seems like that that, that might be like an intermediary feature that like (laughs) the next generation will just bypass that and just be way superior anyway. Like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. Fuck, shit doesn't have fans anymore, man. We don't need fans. I don't even need to cool your shit. Get out of here. Yeah. Fuck you and tell. get out of here. <laughs> no one needs your, your fucking large ass fan shit. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah. X86 is is uh dawning. Damn. Not dawning. What's the one? Sunsetting? You know. <laughs> Walking in the sunset. I forget how like the days start and end.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been having that problem lately. Oh man.
0: But yeah, that's epic. That's something to keep. Like that's literally historic. It's more historic than when Apple ditched Motorola processors to start having Intel processors in the first place.
1: Yeah, I say it sounds like quite a leap. Yeah, because they're Impressive. actually
0: making. I don't know if there's another example of this when a, com- a company has such a walled garden that they have the native software, native hardware, native chips. The inside of the chips are native. Whoa but that level of control when used thoughtfully helps you have a way more stable experience. The biggest problem with windows and PCs is your experience is less stable and consistent because there's so many cats in the bathtub, all clawing and screaming around in there. They're not, and they're not all friends.
1: Nice. I got Could it be that, uh, Apple is going to be responsible for Skynet Hmm. in the future?
0: It'd be like the friendliest Skynet ever. It'd be like a Skynet where you just like sitting on the couch and uh, snacks are brought to you. Like Ter- that's not a bad
1: Skynet. Terminators <laughs> are just really, really snobby.
0: Yeah, high,
1: high def TV.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, the Terminators just really pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, I would have come sooner to deliver these snacks, but I'm an older model. <laughs> Oh, shit. Do you hear that squeak? That's one of my joints because I should be retired soon and replaced with a newer model. And they just constantly whine and depress for <laughs> you to get like a newer one. But meanwhile, they do the job really well. Right. <laughs> so there's like really no point.
1: Damn. <laughs> Sounds like Apple. Love it. That's
0: <laughs> Apple all day.
1: Love it. All right. Uh, next we got people are jailbreaking used Teslas to get the features they want. So what, what happens is that some of the paid software features uh, in Tesla's can be removed remotely because they're not like, li- they're, it's basically like a license. So yeah. like the, the, auto, the auto parking feature, auto driving feature, those are like additional purchases, or a bit software upgrades.
0: Whereas the capability is already in the hardware in the car.
1: Yeah. So it's just been happening more and more and it's uh, just one of those like weird questions um and on a smaller scale, uh like with Amazon buying like Amazon digital content or any any thing that like lets you purchase digital content like movies, for example, that like you view through Amazon Prime, like do you own those? You think you do, they say you don't. And it's the same kind of thing. Like you've purchased digital
0: Yeah totally. uh,
1: license, but which I don't know, I mean, I think if you purchase it's Yeah, it's complicated. I don't know.
0: It's a good time to hype Rich Rebuilds. This is because uh, I follow a lot of car YouTubes. Mm. And uh, Rich Rebuilds is one of my favorites. Um, he really kind of popularized and spotlighted the movement of rescuing crashed Teslas. And he turned two broken ones into a working one when there was like so little community and so little help and support. Yeah. Yeah, he's just the coolest. And following him now is fun too because he's such a troll and very humorous mm-hmm. in his like car projects that it's just like it, you could know nothing about cars and have a, a fun time just laughing at him. Yeah. He's the best. So Holla, Rich Rebuilds. We'll have him as a guest soon. <laughs> <Did> he, uh, <laughs> he lives did, in the back east.
1: Did he jailbreak the Teslas?
0: So it depends. In that case, he was able to just keep the modules that talk to each other Mm. together. Uh, He now started a company called um, electrified garage. Mm. I think they just opened their second location back East and there. uh, I'm not sure what they can jailbreak and what they can't uh, to be honest. And I think it depends on the model and stuff. Uh, They are able to, I know they've been able to make a single motor into a dual motor. Not long ago. Well,
1: wow. I don't like how. How do you feel if, man? It just because if someone like purchases a Tesla and they pay for this additional feature, that's like software related. Like, well, why can't they just leave it with the car? Like the they bought it, they should be able to do what they want with it.
0: The thing is, if the person is getting another Tesla, and they want credit for their licensing trans- transferring to their new one, then I can see that then they 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 take it with them it's a portable feature gotcha and then the one they sell it would have what they left with it or not uh just like with software licensing licensing in a computer if it's being done honestly mm-hmm. but it is a shame to have a feature like that be- it should be optional to all the parties like you should be able to sell it with that feature or not you yeah. shouldn't be forced to have to take it with you because then what if you don't want a tesla next time
1: yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, yeah. So
0: that you should be able to up, use that as an upsell in selling your Tesla. Because uh, there is uh, all kinds of software development and legitimate engineering that while it's not tangible, it went into that software. Yeah. So I understand there having to be a model to make money on it somehow, to recoup that even if there's not an object you can hold as a result.
1: Yeah, like intangible products are kind of weird. It is, yeah. Unfortunately. But I think there's, like, so much gray area that it, there's probably a lot of room to, like, take advantage of shit like that. Fucking Amazon. <laughs> take my movies with me, you fuckers.
0: Yeah. Holler at us your feelings at some point, if you want to.
1: We're not. All right. Uh, funny, this, for any fans of black licorice, I know there's not many. As I've grown older, I find out that a lot of people generally dislike black licorice.
0: It's one of those t- things that divides people. The people that like it like it a lot. Yeah. So I'd say most people don't like it, but it's one of those things that shouldn't be made illegal because the people that like it like it a lot and they're not hurting anyone.
1: But black licorice itself is apparently hurting people.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> it's, is, it's their choice. They should be able to.
1: So this story is a, a, a 54-year-old man in Massachusetts was found dead, and it appears that he overdosed on black licorice
0: yeah you can do that yeah use responsibly but he's gonna ruin it for the rest of us
1: yeah it wasn't like he just ate a bunch in one day and died he apparently had been eating multiple bags a day for multiple weeks and, yeah this was abuse yeah totally black licorice abuse but i'm sure there's like some uh acid i guess uh, might, is a, a substance that's responsible for the flavor it's extremely sweet but in high amounts it's uh toxic can be toxic to people so generally when people uh die and this is this has apparently happened more than once oh, but someone's died from eating too much black licorice over extended periods of time yes <laughs> man random foods that can keep, like i'm sure there's a lot of shit that if you just eat it for the same thing in excess amounts for multiple weeks you'll probably die there's, there's tons of food like that but black licorice man my homie dog. Yeah. What well, do you got to do me like that?
0: You guys, warning, media professionals. Sometimes replacement power supplies make things make noise. I'm on batteries today because I had to replace my power supply. Now. Was that? It was what was causing the noise.
1: Did you, was that, that, you said that's a new one. Is that like an official one or did you try to go?
0: Hell no, it's not an official one. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's why. they puni- Apple's that's punishing you. Yeah. Apple gods are punishing you. It's a
0: nine-year-old computer too, so they they can punish me all they want after the. If you can make a computer last nine years, it's still be <laughs> useful.
1: <laughs> Steve Jobs is looking down from Apple <laughs> Heaven.
0: Hey Johnny Ives, that's my boy over there. Look up Johnny Ives, you guys. That's the one that really did the hardcore industrial design. From starting from the iMac, the colored one, through the iPod, iPod iPhone, the The unibodies over here, all Johnny Ives. I
1: remember when the the high school I went to was A-Tech, and they were, like, all big on technology and having a shit ton of computers, and then when the IMAX came out, that was uh, was a good time.
0: Of course I was fluffing my hair because you asked, Erica. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, goldfish are toxic in large quantities. You will have uh, monumentally bizarre... Well, they used to be. Like, if you get the whole wheat ones, I've been abusive with those and still had relatively manageable stools.
1: <laughs> oh, damn. Nice.
0: Yeah, you'd be surprised. What really does it is the cheddar whales. They're by Stoufers. Those things you eat enough, it feels like you've got petroleum jelly in your mouth. It's like a, it feels like an auto product if you kill a box of that. And that that does not lead to manageable stools.
1: Yeah, that just
0: cheddar whales, you guys. Petroleum no,
1: jelly in your mouth sounds fucking weird, man.
0: It's fun when you get started. They're mostly salt. There's like salt. I and can then deal with that. Cheese nearby, it.
1: I like mostly salt. <laughs> All right, I think this is one of yours. This uh, the Hummer, the Hummer EV. Hummer
0: EV, you guys. I know Hummers are lame, but this one's dope. Hear me out. Uh, they're doing everything right. It's an electric vehicle. It's got crazy range. You don't need like to do the normal off-road stuff where you like lock gearboxes to force power to one wheel or the other hmm. cuz you just got a motor for every wheel. You've got one wheel for the one motor for the front, but the two back fellows, they have their own motors so they can do whatever, grip whatever. It has a mode to get unstuck where it shoves the suspension all the way out and gets on its tippy toes. And you can't drive along like that because you have literally no suspension. Then. Yeah. But so of like push itself out of a situation. It looks freaking cool. It's got like this low slung vibe that reminds me of the original Hummers. Uh, the side windows are not tall, which is the same thing as the H2. But the H2 is so squat. Mm. That looked like a bucket. Whereas this guy, you know, it looked like a like a shoebox. This fellow's got some way better style cues. It's, it's got that slung look. Uh, light bar across the front. Everything's light bars right now. All your lights are in a row. Nice. So there's some other cool features about it. I recommend Doug DeMuro's uh, coverage of it. That's my dude. You, you all love him already. It looked,
1: it looked kind of like a, a classic, like, cruiser car almost. Yeah. From the side. It gives off a feeling of, like, an old, kind of like an old caddy futurized yeah, it's got the spirit of the caddy.
0: It's slung. Look at that. And then it's just uh, great design, cue time. You notice the wheels look a little bit like uh, tools that astronauts use with a metal webbing. Mm. Sort of like a grid look to it. And there's a reason for that. This first one is Apollo themed. Dope. These wheels hella match that too. So the see, this is the speaker on the door. And... On it is a map of the Sea of Tranquility where the first Apollo that landed, landed. And there's other lunar surface details there. The coolest, though, uh, feature about the moon time is if you look at the dash screen here, we'll get to it. The dash is all Apollo-themed and moon-themed and supposed to make you feel like, like it's some kind of futuristic moon rover thing. And the animations and the design of the... The Dash graphics time? Wait for it. This is the coolest. It was the same people that are behind games like Fortnite. Oh, wow. So it's like high-end game developers design the UI on the interface for the screen. So it feels like brand new video game quality on these entertainment screens. And it's all themed. It's like deeply styled. And what's great about that is that's it's like having the style of your car more versatile than everything. You can like download the look of your dashboard. Then at some point, with yeah, this that's trend, cool. yeah, really beefy. These switches look hella astronauty, and uh, it's just a nice move. It's really easy to do that kind of plasticky, and that's been my gripe with a lot of previous Hummer stuff. Is it's like faux rugged, mm-hmm. but uh, and a lot of this is too but it's really cool. It costs as much as, like, four Cybertrucks, but it's really cool. It's arguably better than a Cybertruck in a lot of ways.
1: What's it up to now? Not a better value. How much does that thing cost? Because I'm, like, out of touch on how much Hummers cost these days. I don't remember. No? No. Way too much?
0: Yeah. Yeah, check out Doug DeMuro's channel for the coverage of the Hummer EV to find out little details like that.
1: How long is it before that Elon Musk develops a... a competitor to the Hummer, but it also transforms into a rocket and then it can just go to the moon by itself. It doesn't have to be like moon themed. It can just go to the moon.
0: There's more crossover between Tesla and SpaceX than you might think. Uh, I recently discovered that um, the fins that are going to be on Starship, which is the upcoming SpaceX rocket, those fins will be steered by Tesla motor and gearbox assemblies. Oh, wow. Indeed, not only that, but uh, the in the other direction, when the Sportster, Sporty, the the new, I forget what it's called, but the fast two-door uh, Roadster, there we go, hmm. when the Tesla Roadster comes out, it's going to have jets on the back. I think they're compressed air, but that's supposed to lean on SpaceX technology Yeah. in order to get a faster zero to 60 than you can get with traction alone.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. Which is totally like, okay, we're going to throw all the engineering at uh, this one specific goal purely for goal's sake. Right. Yeah, just for that. It's like it's not, it doesn't need a practicality behind it. It just needs to be a goal. And that goal is go the fastest. Right. So exciting. Guys, this is an exciting time to be alive and tech right now. Ballerina SUV, Hummer? What is it? Yeah, it is sad that Elon couldn't attend the, ra- the launch today because of the Rona, but the f- the coverage of some of these launches, I don't have the patience to really like, watch them except for like clips. But yeah, I'm the same. The s- strong production level.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, speaking of production level, in Techtober, a lot of tech companies, cell phone manufacturers and all of them, tried to do their trade shows, like teleconferency, like... Uh, organizing Zoom meetings and stuff and having presentations. Apple's presentation was insanely well-produced. Whereas, like, there was ones like Samsung that were, like, high production, but, like, low content. Mm -hmm. Other ones that, like, the content was there, but it might as well have been a PowerPoint. (laughs) Apple had it all going on. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Intel, by the way, yeah, they do it, like, PowerPoint status. And it's all, like, vague marketing. It's just so lame. And, like, they suck at buzzwords, too. I don't want to turn this into just a trashing Intel episode. No, let's do it. But the bottom line is, make an engineer your CEO. NVIDIA, AMD, everyone kicking butt, their CEO is an engineer. Uh, Intel, just get an engineer as your CEO. You're handled.
1: Like like someone with more engineer knowledge, maybe not like a full-on engineer at least, but...
0: Because you can't make a tent company on... uh, on marketing and number crunching alone, you have to have the tech. So if the main thing is the tech, like it'll sell itself if it's good.
1: Or at least understanding that, and I'm sure if you're like working that space anyway, if you're an engineer, then you'll like know or have a better, at least a better understanding of trends and yeah, what's possible and what's what's actually you'll be able to start. Really real.
0: Yeah, with your foundation being the thing that you do, the exactly. company does. The company does more than just sell whatever. Anything instead can sell like, anything.
1: Instead of just a pure, pure business person. Yeah. Business. <laughs> business. I do business. Businessing. Like, uh, what was that in, in, in BoJack Horseman? <laughs> uh, yeah. When she was but, Vincent. Yeah. And it was the three kids in a trench coat.
0: Yeah, all sitting on, standing on top of each other. Yeah. So it might be time to dig into this room temperature semiconductor, but we're going to have to Benjamin it up first.
2: 800-918-7169, 800-918-7169, that's 800-918-7169.
4: Hey, Rio Vegas Rocks listeners, it's your favorite habitual line stepper, sober Sal from the Not Playing Stupid podcast. For those who know me, I'm all about barbecue. The problem I was run into is finding a place when I'm out of town that is one, amazing, and two, won't cut to my drinking money. So next time you're in Vegas, you got to check out Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Jesse Ray's Barbecue is an award-winning barbecue joint that serves Vegas's best slow-smoked ribs, chicken, pulled pork, hot links, and my favorite, brisket. Trust me when I say it's not as good, it's f- delicious. So before you blow your kid's college fun at the roulette wheel, or marry the chicken met five hours ago while playing Keno. Make sure you do it on a full, happy stomach at Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Casino. Mention you heard this ad from my show, and you get a free punch in the mouth from sweet old Jetsy Ray herself. Mm-mm, that that's got some kick. So don't forget Jesse Ray's Barbecue, where they're all about that butt.
3: Your new favorite internet radio station, RadioVegas.rocks.
0: Engage. Number one. Number one. Hail them. <laughs> We're back. It's Greasy Conversation on RadioVegas.rocks, the home of human curated entertainment where you can stay tuned sometimes, all the time and have people show you what to like.
1: <laughs> I love things framed that way.
0: Hey, I mean, you need it. Look That's at true. yourself.
1: We all do. <laughs> Oh, man.
0: And this is a moment where I'm doing that now because you got to get excited about room temperature semiconductors. This is a moment that, like, okay, big words aside, people are going to look back on for the rest of your life. Like, this is going to come up in conversation with people that are cool. And to be cool like those people, you're going to have to know what's up with this. And I'm going to crash course you because I did the research for you. And it's actually... Um, compared to some of these that I've looked into for y'alls, not the hardest one to explain. So in order to get a superconductor, normally you have to get um, something that's already a conductor, a metal, really, really, really cold. And the deal that you have to understand uh, to preface this is that things that you look at that look like they're not going anywhere are everything's moving, If you look closely enough about at something, you'll see like a big house party of molecules. They're just, you know, close enough and holding hands or whatever to become a solid for you. But if you chill a metal enough, everyone gets shoulder to shoulder and they calm down. And when they calm down and stand next to each other, you can shove one guy in the shoulder and the force is just going to go through everybody out the other end without them having to each shove each other sequentially. And that's why when you have a superconductor, you can have electricity go through it uh, instantaneously. Not only that, but MRI machines depend on uh, liquid helium, I think it is, and exotic stuff to get these superconductors super chilled. That's part of why MRI machines are so expensive and so expensive to upkeep. There's... Uh, super quantum crazy technology going on in them to see images with magnetism. And semiconductors are a part of that that could really massively be shrunk down by this. So, instead of freezing, what these people have done is taken uh, some diamonds and, with their hardness and their strength, just squished the crap out of the potential superconductor.
4: Mm-hmm. Just
0: smooshed it so hard with so hard of physical pressure that its molecules are, like, squished together, and regardless of temperature, they're so close that they they become superconducting. Even more exciting yet, uh, because you might say, well, that's not easy either. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of force to squish something that hard, and how do you keep it squished without it exploding? Uh, that's almost as hard as keeping something cold. But the discovery of this has led to another way to... Uh, like another way to do it. Because the people that are squishing it this way are already aware of a different kind of compression. And here's where it gets exciting, so I have to be suspenseful about it. It's called chemical compression. Oh shit. So, with chemical compression, what you do is uh, you have this compound, you have this uh, alloy, and you start replacing a bigger molecule with a smaller one so you make it with some fatty molecule and by bigger i mean a higher number on the periodic table that mm-hmm. means there's more uh of those p and n's in it you know it's more of those balls and has more balls and then you start re- replacing that element with one that's smaller a lower number on the periodic table it becomes physically smaller and that will up oh, no i'm sorry i said the opposite so the whole thing I told you suspensefully, you do the opposite. You make it with like little molecules and then you start replacing the little molecules with a bigger, chubbier molecule.
1: Gotcha, and then that makes sense.
0: it becomes internally compressed and you have this thing that all this compression is going on in the other molecules that you want to become your superconductor. So that's that's how they're working on making a room temp without uh, squishy diamonds.
1: Without, like, I was reading earlier, so like 2 million times pressure or two million times the pressure as when uh, compared to, like, Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, it's hella pressure. Is necessary to for superconductors to function. So that's pretty dope, man. Like, shit like that's mind-boggling.
0: Yeah. Puts your mind in a boggle.
1: That people... That's their job. Uh, also, and maybe, like, similar related, kind of related, but um, some physicists have discovered how to manipulate and cancel magnetic fields uh, at a distance, which was earlier thought to not be possible. Yeah! So this can have... Um,
0: I didn't know that was possible. At all. Well, I guess no one did. Wow.
1: So this can have like uh, ramifications in um, possibly quantum computing in the future, uh, neuroimaging, um, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is like a fairly newish um type of therapy it can be for like uh depression and shit like that. A lot of different a few different things. Um where they basically just like have a magnet uh zap your a uh, certain part of your brain for a while.
0: How do I find this article? I'm not, I'm having a hard time searching for a magnet time.
1: Psh, mangots. Mm. I, I misspelled it on purpose. It's man mangots. Mangots How <laughs> they work.
0: So you guys, this is a live document that we can edit in real time. And you can go to greasyconversation.com and actually interact with these same notes and uh, check out all the Easter eggs that we put in there and all the dope news that we might not have gotten to on the show. And it's a way to uh, experience the value of the content we've curated, even if you don't like us or want to see our show. So sure. it's a, a great way that you can introduce people to us and help us grow. And support us, even if you're self-conscious about what your friends and family might think of you for listening to us. So if you're ashamed of us, tune people on to our sweet, curated news documents approximately every week. And uh, they're just a Google Docs files that we share on GreaseConversation.com attached to each episode. And uh, we do it for you and for humanity. And we hope that you like it. Yeah. This is pretty much just words, so it wasn't the biggest deal for me to bring up on screen, but this is another epic thing going on.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. This was uh, the original um, theorem that was responsible for the idea that uh, affecting magnetic fields in this way was impossible it was like 178 years old. So it's been a long-standing idea um, that is now proven wrong. Which happens, man.
0: Yeah. Whoa, the firelight isn't flaming anymore. Dude, spooky. But it's still orange. It, like, gave up on flaming. Buck gave us that, by the way. Holla Buck in the chat. Uh, he bought these lights that were, like, fake fire. And it wasn't that convincing. He was disappointed. <laughs> but I'll take any any fake fire in a storm. I put one there. Maybe maybe it burned out. And maybe Jay put in uh, one that's not flamey. But... Perfect opportunity to bring up Jay. Uh, RadioVegas.rocks wouldn't be possible without Crazy Jay and the flagship of the station, which is the Rocking comedy show. So it might be a good time to, after this, you know, stay tuned. We've got some great stuff going on after this show. In fact, the grungy faucet with Kevin Fawcett, <laughs> excuse me, um, happens after this, and it touches my... Uh, 90s kid grunge memories, but not in some way that you might expect. I'm talking like album tracks and ones that you forgot about. They're like, oh! I loved this and it, I forsook it. So uh, That's right after us, but you know, later on, rockandcomedyshow.com it's been around forever and yet it keeps getting better. The games are fun. I like uh, playing uh, Craigslist. The Price is Right? What <laughs> we do? Uh, is the price right? Uh, ha, closest without going over. I'm really touching my mic a lot.
1: That one's got to be that one's got to be tough, just because. I mean, I'm like Craigslist is notorious for, and plus people just either like overvaluing, like ridiculously overvaluing their stuff. Yeah. Where it's like it's like a a 10 inch TV or something from like the 80s, and they're like 200 dollars.
0: It's what I paid for it.
1: Yeah. Right. It's vintage. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: Save your TV, tube TVs though. At this point, they're gonna start getting rare. And there's gonna be like fun stuff that pops up, like that people wanna do with them. For example, you can turn an old TV into a fun oscilloscope and see like the waveform of sound on it pretty easy. I probably should do a tutorial on this because uh, y'all could do it and the voltages are scary, but you can do it without the scary voltages. And for me, like I've heard of a couple times of TVs where it won't work. It's worked every time for me, I've done it like 10 times. Yeah. so cool. You can see it in a lot of the music stuff that I've done over the years. Lots of times you'll see a, what we call a wiggle TV, even back in the rooftop ridicule days. So, holla. Let me know if you want to see a tutorial on that.
1: Yeah, the thing's been popping up all over the place. Where are we so, at? Uh, I did want to find this. Uh, or real quick, this is just a pretty cool story. Um, a bunch of commuters got together and actually helped push this train, so a guy that was stuck underneath it could remove his... He kind of got stuck in like the gap between the platform and the train, it looks like. Yeah, he so fell basically in there. Everyone on the platform just starts pushing this train.
0: This is so epic.
1: And this actually so manages to help him uh, get loose.
0: Really cool teamwork. It fills the whole frame of the security camera oh, yeah. footage to show all the people that lined up on the sides of this commu- computer train to push it to the side to free this dude. Yeah, he just act, tries to step back a second and accidentally Slips. his foot goes in the slot.
1: That seems pretty exact, too. Like, that's just, that's just some Bad uh, luck. crummy luck right there.
0: Yeah, he's just trying to, probably letting someone else walk by, just being polite, taking a step back. Nice. Epic. See, this is another thing that, to keep in mind when you're sad uh, or hurt or feel wronged. Not that like I feel wronged at all. Not that I was making this about me subconsciously, but this uh, most people are good. Humanity wouldn't progress the way it does if most people didn't pop out the baby oven uh, more towards good. Some uh, even theorize that even the bad people are victims of circumstance. I kind of feel like nothing's as simple as either way. Yeah. Uh, and that there's people that come out with a higher propensity to be bad and these people can be steered towards being some of the most uh, good for humanity people, the rebels. And it's just it's chaotic, neutral.
1: Chaotic, neutral. Hell yeah. I Also wanted to point out on this, like, I wonder if there were because I didn't listen to it audio, but I wonder if there if it was like instructions from the workers on the platform that everyone tried to or if it was just like people just decided if there's, it was, like, a game theory thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. It had to be. It had to be a couple people just starting to do it, and other people were like, okay. And then if, like, if someone in a yellow vest is doing it, then you know it's okay. That's the rule in life.
1: But it seems like it was even before that dude. Like, he wasn't the first one. It just seemed like regular... Um, some of the people were first, but hard to tell. But it's weird, like, how shit like that works. Even, I'm sure there's, a, like, a game theory explanation, which is similar to, like the minimum number of people in a crowd who have to like stand and to start applauding for there to be a standing ovation. Whoa. There's actually a formula that explains that like perfectly heavy. Yeah.
0: Wait, uh, before we go to something else, I need to rewind really quick. Wait, where is it? Oh, I thought I had backwards clapping. I rewind thought I'd like selector. rewind clapping, but I don't anymore. Anyway, I got to go back to the Hummer EV real quick. Don't groan because some of the cool stuff about it, I had in my notes and forgot to tell you. First of all, it's made in Detroit. So the Hummer EV, not only made in America, but Detroit. That's really dope. It's got four-wheel steering, and it has a crab walk mode. So it can't drive perfectly sideways, but it can turn the front and back wheels the same direction and kind of strafe or strafe or whatever it is in video games. Strafe. It can strafe on the Uh, road. I was
1: was curious about that because it's – if each – Wheel is controlled separately, and you can hella do that, especially electronic. if they steer separately. Yeah, because
0: yeah. yeah, a lot of four wheel steering is geared to the front in such a way that it only helps turn turn. Um, so 1000 horsepower, the zero to 60 is supposed to be three seconds, which is supercar territory. So for it to do that with its aer- uh, aerodynamics is killer, it's a traction thing at that point. Hmm. Um removable roof, which fits in the trunk. So those are the other cool things I had to throw out on that. Uh,
1: 350 mile range. Yeah. On a for charge. An EV. And a Hummer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no motor, 350 miles still. Cause the whole bottom of it is batteries. So it's still mostly the, battery.
1: But then like when you have to, like how often do those batteries have to be replaced? For so like every 10 years or something? Or is it even sooner than that?
0: I think it's in the seven to 10 pocket. Seven to 10? Yeah. Depending. And
1: they're probably like fucking 10 grand each, I'd imagine.
0: Related helpful tip on that. The longer any lithium ion battery stays like at half charge, the longer its total lifespan will be. So Hmm. uh, if you frequently put your batteries at 100%, like I have a terrible, obsessive, bad habit of doing, Hmm. it overall shortens the life. But also if you're constantly dead, it shortens the life, too. So the longer you stay like 40 to 60 or 30 to 70, the better. That's also why some people it's related to why some people discourage fast charging mm-hmm. and charging with a 2-amp charger, which is like the standard, because um, it's a more aggressive charging, and doing that charging faster is harder on the life. So there's old EV batteries that have lasted a long time that people have just babied. Yeah. And EVs tend to block you up from using the highest, from filling them all the way. Hmm. And in fact, your iPhone specifically, this is something I know about specifically, will lie to you about what 100% is, or, um, you know, I think it does that slightly, but even being honest, uh, people have noticed that on the charger, they'll see their phone fluctuate between 98 and 100%. And it's ticked off some people. It's been controversial in the past, but I think people kind of get it now that it'll purposefully like sit there and let its battery drain a little bit, even though it's on the charger, all the mm. way down like to 97, 98% for that reason.
1: Or should just like lie to you and say like, oh, I'm at a hundred percent now, I'm really at a hundred percent.
0: I remember some phone doing it. I wonder if they used to do that or something like that. There is a controversy about that that I worthlessly don't remember. Anyway, there's lots of controversies with cell phones, you know, bend gate, antenna gate. <laughs> Yeah, you could look those up, but it's uh, the iPhone 6 bent and then the iPhone 4, your hand blocked the antennas if you're holding it stupid. Mm. So now you don't have to look <laughs> <it> up. <laughs>
1: nice. Uh, and then this one, so we had Halloween recently, if anyone, I don't know who celebrated that. I didn't, but there's this uh, study that's basically about the, it's kind of like a, a Goldilocks zone as far as being scared ghosts really? that, that can assist uh helping people get over trauma and so this is this makes a lot of sense about that but um and so this talks about a few different uh haunted houses and one of them is called the mckamee manor which there this was included in a documentary that was on i don't know if it's still on netflix it's been a couple years since i've seen this but if anyone's interested in that or into it like this these people were nuts man like if you wanted to go to this haunted house that they set up uh in their house it was one of those um you had to get a physical exam a background check um a drug screen and you had to sign this long ass waiver and uh they were brutal man they would have you go at a designated location and just wait there and then some people would drive by in a van hop out kidnap your ass and they were like <laughs> they're like far. Yeah. Oh no. That's that's even the beginning, man. Like, <laughs> you watch this. I'll have to find the name of the documentary, but you can probably just type in uh, Mackemey Manor, and find it.
0: People definitely have different thresholds for that, for sure.
1: Yeah. And th- but you watch this, and it, it it was to the point where I was like, okay, this dude is just like a major masochist, and he's like probably a serial killer, like very close, because <laughs> the shit they were doing is like not fucking cool. Like, I did, Yeah.
0: Like you like how did you think of that if you haven't serial killed?
1: Yeah, it was like pretty I mean there's there's a scene where some dude like got so scared and it was like a like a buff dude just buff dude beard looks like a fucking lumberjack dude so scared that he did, they thought he died. Like they were seriously like he just like stopped moving and eyes wide open and just like non-responsive for like a minute and a half, 2 minutes. Oh man. It was it was freaky.
0: That was my dad after a free fall at Magic Mountain, yeah, man. He did not like falling rides. he was like walking like a mummy,
1: yeah, it's pretty funny i was I was like the like the sensation of falling I can't deal with it that's like, no fun, like uh even roller coasters just the uh, yeah the stomach is feeling the sensation is not fun.
0: I feel like uh this concept was aware to me in high school. I had like anxiety problems
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yet i would like do things that would cause normal people anxiety it's just like really bad generalized anxiety and i distract myself by like yelling for my mom and a store (laughs) it was like a teenager just because it was hilarious yeah like tom green status stuff nice um and like anything like performance oriented or like public speaking is the battery going down i'll just unplug this will help too And then if I pull this down, we're not using it. Perfect. So I would go on alien hunts and grab some friends, and we'd drive out in the middle of the desert and just try to get scared. Yeah. Just, like, seeking scary stuff. That's something that, like, drew me to, like, stage and performing-y stuff, public Mm -hmm. speaking-y stuff. Because it's, like, to a lot of people, like, any kind of public speaking thing is the scariest thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, that fear would distract me from, like, the base level. (laughs) Like... Uh, intangible existential fear. Yeah, that I was just like plagued with, like a, like a chemical. It felt like um, like diabetes of like fear. <laughs> <laughs> like when your tummy is upset, but diabetes. Yeah, but it's just like a a nagging existential dread.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the uh, that's just my baseline. That's why. Yeah. I, if you make existential terror your baseline, you're just good to go, man. You've it's a it. mo-
0: It's a way to live. <laughs> it's true. It makes you kind of, uh, sometimes more confident and comfortable in other situations that other people aren't. It's like, no, this isn't scary. I wake up scary. It's yeah. so much scarier than this.
1: Right. <laughs> been, been fucking sitting on my lawn chair waiting for the apocalypse for the last decade, man.
0: Yeah. I wake up terrified sometimes. I wake up in like the worst state that I'll be in, in any, any of the rest of the day. Um, yeah. just like, uh, I'm in trouble. Everything is falling apart everything would be great i'll like leave stuff by my bed to remind me that everything is okay to yeah. see when i wake up
1: <laughs> yeah i was like when i do have uh like intense dreams that i used to have a lot more when i was like a teenager where something serious would happen like i'd get into a, like a car wreck or something but they seem super vivid like those super mm-hmm. where you're like this is real and so i get in hella trouble and i wake up and i'm like oh fuck my life is over man i just like crashed two cars and shit and all yeah. that like, you know? <laughs> like wait those were those were always the best. Man.
0: Yeah, I'll think like everyone's mad at me. <laughs> something I'm responsible for is on fire. Yeah, I think all that's these the worst things too. when I wake up.
1: That's the fucking worst, man. Especially
0: like uh, uh, tied to that, I'll um, like immediately grab my phone when I wake up and like check every like messenger thing for emergencies. Hmm. Um, sometimes I'll do that in the middle of the night unhealthily. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst.
1: I always, yeah, because I have like, major like phone anxiety just always have i'm never like talking on the phone but uh yeah if i like haven't checked my phone for like a day i'm just like get even more worried about checking it because i'm like even though i know like i don't have like no one ever fucking i don't never get shit i have to worry about because i'm you know like pretty off the grid as far as that shit goes but just like not knowing is uh sometimes more terrifying
0: this is nice that uh buck helps some people get over their fear of the ocean by organizing some social night swims back in San Diego. Man, nice. night swim, baby, yeah. Love it.
1: That's cool. Did did you ever have any uh like jellyfish attacks?
0: Yeah, does San Diego ever have uh jellyfish dangers?
1: Like if you were if you were doing night swims and then people were getting over their anxiety of the ocean, then the, like jellyfish attacks would just <laughs> I'd
0: <I've heard> ruin that. <laughs> yeah. I was in Florida, and there was a a beach where you could just, like, walk into the water, like, really far, still, like, neck deep. Yeah. It was so cool. And every once in a while, something brushes against your leg.
1: Loch (laughs) Ness, man. Nessie.
0: That's definitely a fear I have of, like, just not being able to see, like, below some, like, abyss. Or, like, the panels on the sidewalk the falling into one into yeah, dude. <laughs> some mystery pipe.
1: <laughs> yeah, even though I know, like every time I step on, I'm like, this is the time. Yeah. Is, I'm going full Mario Brothers right now. My
0: body's going to be found at the ocean. Yep. Nice. Have a... <laughs> full Mario Brothers right
1: now. Should, all right, should we do our last uh, Bilbo? Yep. Bilbo Baggins.
0: Let's bag it.
3: Free from debt? Well, gather up your bills and call a Care One credit counselor today. We are credit counseling agencies that have helped 2 million people just like you. I see people every day who are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge and the bottom is bankruptcy. We pull them back and they appreciate that.
4: You get to consolidate your payments. You only have to make one payment a month instead of worrying about 3, 4, or 5.
3: Care One credit counselors have experience assisting people to get out of debt and get on with their lives. To help you take your first step, they're offering a consultation and debt analysis. Call for licensing details. It is your path out.
0: People are truly amazed when they call us and see what we can do to help them. I mean, the relief in their voices. Call us because we can do amazing things.
3: Get your consultation and debt analysis by calling a CARE One credit counselor today. One simple and confidential call can get you
2: debt-free. 800-284-1349. 284 1349 800-284-1349. That's 800-284-1349.
4: call now to learn about our buy four get the fifth one free window replacement offer
2: 800-245-1372 800-245-1372 800-245-1372 That's 800-245-1372. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details.
3: Be sure to get your mix of music Listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app Available at the App Store And check out our VIP card Interact with us in our chat room And scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows Plus podcasts It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app
0: And we're back You're listening to Greasy Conversation On RadioVegas.rocks Cheers We've got your dank news. greaseconversation.com for the recap and to get our news notes to dive in yourself and Easter eggs.
1: Yeah, bird news is back. Bird news is back. Yeah. So y'all thought we weren't going to do bird news.
0: We always got bird news. Not
1: tripping. Birds are our buddies. Right. So this, uh, this first one is that there is a new fossil discovered in that giant birds with teeth flew over Antarctica. Giant birds with teeth. 40 to 50 million years ago. Which...
0: Nothing sexier than birds with teeth.
1: I mean... Uh, <laughs> I do like... <laughs> it's like the creepiest thing possible. Right? Ducks yeah, no, with that's like, birds with teeth sound terrifying, man. <laughs> like, yo, know, it meant, meant if, like, ostriches had big fangs. Uh, or emus. Man.
0: There we go. Like this guy. <laughs> You guys see this, hold on. Yeah. This is not related to the article. I just had to Google Google image search bird with teeth.
1: One of my favorites is Bird with Arms. Birds with Arms.
0: Birds with Arms is so funny too.
1: There's so many good ones, man. But just uh I just shopping some big big buff arms on some birds. Classic.
0: Man, I've seen, I've seen crazier birds with teeth things. Oh, this what? But uh okay, wait. Birds with arms. Real, real quick while we're on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, just <laughs> adding them on. This is so great. Dude. Shrugging. Yeah.
1: Curling with some dumbbells. Top. <laughs> yes. Dude. That's just some that's just some good old wholesome wholesome fun there.
0: Yeah, this is why Adobe let people pirate Photoshop for so long.
1: <laughs> just just that reason.
0: Yeah, they're like, people are making birds with arms. We can't crack down on this. Right. Oh my gosh these two <laughs> oh man yeah sorry I'm just I'm just uh, wallowing at this point look at yeah. birds with arms
1: classic so, if you yeah, if you just want to feel have a bit better day just birds with arms
0: wow these real toothed seagulls look like chubby seagulls with uh, prehistoric teeth here wow they were huge though they had sharp, bony spikes protruding from their saw-like jaws, resembling teeth. All right, all right.
1: Yeah, it still seems pretty frightening. Like, I would uh, not want to p- run into it.
0: Paterosaurs, they're called. If you want to look up paterosaurs.
1: Potato-saurus.
0: potato was uh, Tignotaro-saurus. Oh, <laughs> uh, Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. There's a Quetzalcoatlus fella that's like that's, that's this fella's name.
1: That's uh that's just one of the best names for a god.
0: Yeah. Did you know the largest flying bird alive today is the wandering albatross with an 11 and a half foot wingspan? Dan. I thought it would have been a bird of prey. Well, I guess this is kind of a bird of prey. I thought it would have been like a raptor family fella just looks like a seagull
1: I guess it's a yes yeah, i thought big boy seagull I don't know if that's a different cause I thought albatrosses were extinct but i think there used to be a bigger variety um not of the wandering type the non-wandering type ah they were probably a bit larger
0: the uh hermitory albatross <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. get, get into with me this other thing about uh crows
1: yeah this is when i i actually didn't uh Get a chance to dive into.
0: Dang, are crows extremely smart, by the way. That's something we bring up a lot.
1: Yeah, totally. I've been trying to, like, get some crow friends recently, yeah. but I can't seem to do it.
0: Like, near your place? Yeah. Do you have any corvids nearby? Mm-hmm. That's the... And it's not just crows specifically, but, like, that whole family.
1: Yeah. All extremely smart. Yeah, they've, uh, they've been known to, like, if... Say so there's, like, a group of crows that hang out in, like, a park or somewhere that people frequent. And if there's a person that is, like, mean to one of the crows, like, that crow will let all the other crows know to avoid that person. And yeah. they'll remember that shit. Like, they remember people. Um, they remember where they hide food and shit. Like, they remember all kinds of shit. Some they fuck.
0: hold funerals for the dead.
1: That's crazy, man.
0: Oh, my gosh. And then I- IFL Science, which we use a lot, just just quotes, which can take a dark turn. <laughs> Crows do something really, really grim to their dead. Oh no. So <laughs> a gang of crows together, it's called a murder.
1: Yeah. Murder of crows.
0: But individual crows can occasionally be spotted engaging in certain uh Oh uh, IFL just science describes it as shagging their dead. That's oh. an extreme response to grief, but apparently crows will uh necrophiliac it up. As That's a part of a funeral ritual you don't see often.
1: I guess, yeah. I mean, y'all do you. Shit. Just trippy thing. Like, there's a... Wait,
0: before you say that, what if that brings some crows back to life? (laughs) Like, what if they do that because the crow might not be all the way dead and it's like, gets it out of a heart heart attack? Like that monkey that slapped the other monkey until it woke up after getting electrocuted? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they might be like trying to shag him alive. We could learn from that. Anyway, I'm sorry.
1: Well, I shagged you to death. Shaggy back to life.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> damn! What no, say There's a there's a type of penguin that also uh, partakes in necrophilia Ew. as well. So maybe it's more common in uh, the animal kingdom than we know about.
0: Maybe birds specifically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, if crows are doing it, there's got to be a reason, right? Crows are smart. It's got to be a reason. We should look into that, you guys. Right. Uh, I did see. Uh, Someone just mentioned about like uh, the birds, but I wonder if Alfred Hitchcock's the birds, if crows taxidermy their own dead, that would be an accomplishment. Whoa, if
0: they taxidermied their own dead. Yeah. Whoa, they like cut them open and stuff them with straw and prop them up. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Then it's all these dead crows everywhere, like looking at you and stuff, all propped up. Yeah. I wonder if there is an animal that taxidermies their dead besides us. This is heavy. Like the fact that they'll go 15 to 20 minutes uh, when their brains are just warring away, trying to work out what happens. So they don't meet the same fate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just alarm calls will trigger crows to just gather around and be like, how can we make this not happen to us? <laughs> extremely fear of danger and death. Uh, wow. There's an extremely creepy study on that which was probably not healthy. Speaking of taxidermied birds, crows learn fear and learn from death, according to another study linked to this, where they used taxidermied crows to like mess with the brains of these living ones, watching them try to... So here's where it gets fabulously creepy. If the disturbing masks weren't already creepy enough, so there's disturbing masks too. Wow, you've got a link trail to go on, you guys. Uh, of course, ads load, and then you lose your place in reading. That's... Yeah, that's.: yeah, totally. Okay, if you're making a website, hot tip, if something's going to load later, just declare that it's that size. I'm so sick of these professional, we- quote-unquote professional websites ha- having stuff load later that changes the dimensions and moves the text. If you know something's going to load there and you know how big it is, make the element that size. Right. Then it loads that size, and then when the element loads, it's already that size and the text doesn't move around. It's that easy. Okay. Sorry, it's like <laughs> rage. What are you time guys doing now? with your life? Just like watch Waz have mood swings. <laughs> That's the show now.
1: <laughs> uh, um, I love it. Yeah.
0: So this is a cool wa- wall to go down. They the they hold the volunteers held a dead taxidermied bird, either a crow or pigeon or red tailed hawk. A predator of crows sometimes. A crow while standing next to it. As a control, some subjects were instructed to stand there with a dead beast in their hands. Some lucky crows were also allowed to feast on their food without any creepy human or death distractions around. Whenever a deceased bird was being well-wielded by a masked man or woman, the crows almost (laughs) always began to cry out to other crows. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Man. Seems pretty ruthless.
0: This This is not the nicest study. So we had these people gather around after signing waivers. Some of them were able to eat their lunch in the cafeteria at work every day, like usual. Others were forced to have a a dead person rotting in a seat next to them while they ate their lunch. <laughs> we measured how they responded to this differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how much did they eat? Did they eat more or did they eat less? Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> people with corpses next to them uh, really didn't seem that interested in eating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some of them were actually scared, and it's uh, it's really hard to determine the cause of why that was. But you know,
0: we made sure to dress up the corpse and prop it in such a way that it seemed like someone just pausing in the middle of their meal. Uh, and then we had an actuator, so in the middle of the meal, the the chair was tilted slightly, so the corpse leaned over and eventually fell over onto the person eating their meal <laughs> next to them. We, we measured their responses.
1: <laughs> oh man. That sounds like a legitimate scientific study. <laughs> like, If it hasn't been done, it's going to be done soon. Guarantee you. Science. Uh, we also have. That's a clip. Sean, that's a clip.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Sean Flanagan. We've got plans. Um, uh, Vegas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Nice. I'm doing it. I'm holding it together. All right. Uh, scientists have recorded uh, the shortest interval of time yet. What? Two hundred and forty-seven Zeptoseconds. Zeppies. <laughs> Zeppies. I'll see you in a Zeppy boy. <laughs> a Zeptosecond is equivalent to a trillionth of a billionth of a second. So basically it's just like, you know it's just for purposes of math I guess, cause like that's just not comprehendable. Uh, by humans oh. as far as being like a real real thing
0: time, scales of time get crazy mm-hmm. so this is why 5G is so hard and why it's uh, such a big deal rolling out 5G compared to other generations and why it doesn't travel very far and why it's expensive so these 5G things I'm messing with, there's these four wires between these two shoeboxes. each wire is $100 damn And they have to be so pure and made so well and seal so well because the microwaves, they have a a shape. They have a size. Mm. You can't see it. You can't touch it. But it has a size, a wavelength. That wavelength is uh, nanometers. Yeah. And where there's radio frequencies that we listen to regularly, like, uh, that are meters, like the wavelength is uh, your span of your arms. Mm um. And what's going on is it's the, the frequency is the speed that light travels in that amount of distance. So when light travels a meter, it does it really fast. So it's still a very high frequency. Yeah, yeah. But the distance that light travels in less than a millimeter, because this is millimeter wave, I, I, I might've misspoke earlier. A millimeter wave, it's like light travels a millimeter so dang quick And yet we have chips that can mess with that speed that can make one antenna, uh, do the signal slightly quicker or slightly slower than the antenna next to it, Mm -hmm. changing the phase of the two. And just like the way ripples in a pond bump into each other and could send a wave uh, of the ocean shore to crash at a certain spot because of the other waves bumping into it. You do this with these tiny antennas near each other, uh, and it can focus a beam. they can bump into each other just the right way, then instead of just resonating outwards, they bump each other into a beam that can both send and receive a greater distance because of this focusing and to focus something with timings that are uh have to do with the speed light travels uh Over millimeter yeah, yeah, which is
1: like gotta be insane because uh, the speed of light's a hundred and eighty eight thousand miles per second per second or something it's really fast yeah
0: the fact that human beings can mess with variations in time at that scale is like a, it feels like teleportation that's yeah, I imagine such a so. level of crazy
1: yeah time's like one of the things has been i've been reading a lot about like time travel and uh As far as, like, how the idea, like, popped up in popular culture and all that. And, uh, or just on generally, like, our, uh, usage of time. Like, how we started using time in, like, clocks and shit. It's really, really weird that, like.
0: It changed everything. Yeah. To deal with time at all for us. And it started with agriculture and the seasons and stuff.
1: And then, uh, trains also were a big, uh, part of setting up, like, different time zones and all that shit. The weird thing, weirdest things to me is, like, that I've been thinking about is, like, time is, like, one of those things that, like, everyone, like, knows what it is. Like, you have an internal feeling of, like, what time is until you have to explain it. Yeah. Because, like, what actually is it? You know? Is it just... It's just... Can we dig into this a moment? Yeah. This is a great way
0: to, to, to cap off the end of the episode, too, inevitably. So... The popular definition for time, like the scientific definition of time, when dealing with the quantum world, because as as you folks know, we've got our physical sciences of the things an atom and bigger, and then there's a whole different set of laws of physics with the quantum world, stuff smaller than the atom. And in that world, time is so much less linear. So when dealing with that, we define time as we perceive it as the direction in this dimension, uh, the dimension of time the direction where entropy increases. Mm. So aside from uh, some special examples where like humans have built stuff, cells have combined and through cooperation become animals, uh, things have become more organized. Mm. Uh, Aside from these pockets in the universe where organization has increased, everywhere else there's unstoppable entropy. And on top of all these self-organizing entities, including ourselves, there's a constant force uh, of decay. Uh, if you don't clean your room, it becomes more messy. It doesn't just stay that way as you live your life. So as we all bump into each other as particles, there's constant entropy and decay, and it goes in one direction. Things only fall apart, hmm. aside from the brief moment in time where we're building them. Uh, the rest of the universe is disintegrating. So it, it, two particles... If you were an entity on the scale of quantum stuff, you could look over the entire status of something from creation to decay as like one vision and walk along it in either direction. You could see old people become babies. The direction is meaningless. It's just a dimension. It's just a dimension. It's like uh, jumping up and down or walking side to side. Uh, you can move in it like uh, turning a cube. And that's why we perceive electrons as existing in a shell because they're just in all those places in the shell at once. And this also ties back to something that, the way we perceive it anyway, uh, can help us with quantum computers because right now we do quantum computers by entangling two particles. And the whole deal is, you want to see where that particle is without measuring it. You want to see it without seeing it. Mm. And the closest we can do to doing that is uh, observing its quantum entangled buddy. Yeah. So if we can observe the buddy, but the problem is if you observe the buddy, you know where the other one is. And it's hard to do that without passively still in some way observing the other one and observing it affects it. It's weird that it makes that this happens, but perhaps part of the explanation of observing something affecting something has to do with the fact that once you've observed it you've uh, chosen a timeline so if this is A or B you've seen it to be A now you're on timeline where it's A mm. another one of you saw it to be B and is on a different timeline that you'll never know or see or touch but if you're quantum then you know um, I kind of space and lost part of it but you, you kind of see where I'm leading that you you know the future you know the past if it's all linear it's all just places on one dimension so by observing it you haven't observed it as much as you've picked a side you've chosen which universe you're in um so yeah i kind of hit a wall on where my original <laughs> thing was with that
1: why well, was what were you talking about <laughs> time why well, was cuz if like time is time another yeah. like another dimension that our three-dimensional use like travels across across or within or whatever. We just
0: can't control our, our, we're basically falling through it. Yeah. It's a free fall.
1: But I I was wondering, I'm like, cause like space isn't just an empty container that everything exists in. Like space itself is something. It's like made of stuff.
0: And it has a shape in other dimensions that we can't perceive. Yeah. We see it as just randomly shaped and scattered all around in these dimensions but it's all folded in others, and we even see gravitational lensing from this. Mm. We see the light from one star appears light from four stars because of the gravity of stars in between lensing it up.
1: Yeah, well, I was I'm like, I've always been wondering if, if like time is actually there's something like physical to time, like on some level, even if it's like a quantum levels, or like some type of particle or field or or something that's like responsible for everything only being able to. Uh, move in that direction. Like. Well,
0: I like thinking about it as a dimension in that like uh, kind of like you can think of electrons as a, an as a axis where two dimensions meet rather than a particle with mm-hmm. mass and stuff. Time uh, is like a, a direction. Like time is like north. There's yeah. no north. There's no particle north. But north is that way and time is this way. And uh, the way it gets bent, like it it, all, it gets bent like other dimensions, too. So when you have this example I, I brought up earlier of a star that appears to us in a telescope as four stars because the light got bent around different bodies and ended up hitting us from different directions, some of the light got bent so much over so much space that it took longer to get to us. Mm. And because of that, we were able to predict when a supernova would be visible because We saw this one star had supernova and this other one hadn't, and we were just seeing the same star from two different points in time. Hmm. And by figuring that out, we could say uh, extremely accurately, we look at that now, it's about to supernova. How is that different from seeing the future? It's just the scale of space and the ability to manipulate or, or see how manipulated time was as a dimension Mm. is the only way we're able to see that. If we could miniaturize that, if we could mass produce that, it's literally how a time machine could work uh, in one way, whether you need a lot of gravity and a lot of power to do that and a lot of mass to make the gravity, or you just need to borrow a whole ton of empty space that you can manipulate what's in between it. I don't know. And what if the empty space could be within a smaller space? If within the quantum world, things can function on a different scale with similar rules to, we see still how we see them function in larger scale. If we could translate those rules somehow pocket time machine, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. So the 12 monkeys series on Hulu is a recommendation on this from Buck that I'm going to check out. I haven't seen, I
1: haven't seen the the whole, I was started watching it, but fell off. But the, the movie uh, is a classic. That was a Terry Gilliam movie. Mm, um, yeah. From the Monty Python crew. Uh, but it's it's great. Bruce Willis. Um, pretty good flick. But the series I heard was really good too. Anything with time travel, man. Just fucking time travels. Movies are awesome.
0: So you do you have anything closing,
1: Greg? I don't. Fuck it. So burn it down.
0: I was fretting about whether to decide to allow this to be the season premiere to season six. Yeah. And after this, I've decided this is a solid way to start the season. I'm comfortable with how we've represented the show in this episode for new people starting at a season. I can send them to this and I don't regret it. And it's uh, been amazing to share this all with all of you. Can't do it without you. Uh, We really need your help to share it. And you know what? If you don't, and it doesn't grow that much, uh, I'm going to keep doing it anyway for us. At least help find the squeaky wheels. If you're a droplet of grease, of greasy conversation, just help find the other squeaky wheels and the other people that need it. We don't need it to be for everybody. We don't need it to grow uh, to a crazy scale. Uh, growth is good, uh, growth is healthy, and we all want to have personal growth too, and the show should grow on that kind of scale. But We don't need to be out of control growth like a cancer, and we don't need to make uh, a sacrifice integrity for that and for what the show is supposed to be for us and for you and that's our commitment and uh, with that I hope to grow with you all sensibly and uh that's that oh you know what on that note let's see if I can uh well I'm gonna bring a different power supply that's one thing that's gonna be different the rest of the season is I still have the one that's uh shoddy okay now I can really send you off get out of here get out of here Get out, get get out of here.